0: Whoa, we are back for the 36th interview of Home At Advantage Wrestling Podcast. I am Jude Swisher, and I am joined today by Brock Zacherl, four-time NCAA qualifier and 2020 All-American. This episode was so much fun. Brock is a great guy, and I really hope you guys all enjoy the show. Howdy guys! I know a lot of you, just like me, are struggling with how the quarantine has been affecting your training. Schools, clubs, and tournaments all over the country have been shut down and with them, any opportunity to make strong gains in the postseason. Well, look no further as the M2 Training Center Online Learning Membership solves all of your problems. With live online practices led every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday by world champion David Taylor, you can be sure that the M2 Online Learning Membership is the best place to make growths during these trying times. Register now at m2trainingcenter.com. That's www.m2trainingcenter.com, and register today to make the most of your quarantine training. All right, hey guys, we are back for the thirty-sixth interview of Home Advantage Wrestling podcast. I am Jude Swisher, joined today by uh, my good buddy Brock Zacherl. Brock, what's going on?
1: Not too much, man. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.
0: Hey, it's, it's, no, it's my pleasure to be able to interview you. So, uh, dude, how has quarantine been affecting your life right now?
1: Uh, not, it's, it's actually been pretty helpful. Uh, I just moved into this house on the Claring River. So having time for me and my fiance just to tackle all, all the things that need done in here, we just redid our bedroom. Uh, we couldn't have really got it done if she was still working and I was still Mm -hmm. competing. So, um, we're staying productive. we're staying busy to just keep our mind off all the negative things that are going on in the world right now.
0: what's your uh, what's your secret to that? How do you you know stay away from all that that negative stuff um, and and stay productive?
1: Put your freaking phone down. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing is when you start staring at a phone screen, it's easy to get sucked into these rabbit holes and it's fun. Social media is made to be this great thing that brings people together, but it just seems, you know, nowadays a lot of people are tearing each other down. And so, you know, put your phone down, go outside, find some project to do, and, you know, you'll you'll find yourself forgetting about that stuff mm. very fast. When did you discover that? Honestly, right? It's, <laughs> I, <laughs> this house, nice. I, I was as bad as anybody. When I get those notifications on your phone, they'd say, you know, you spent four and a half hours looking at your phone Or whatever, and so it was a long time. So, um, I was always bad at it, but I'll tell you what this this house has made things a lot easier because there's always something to do around here. That's fantastic.
0: Um, so all right, let's let's take it back all the way to the beginning. You know, where how did you get intro introduced to the sport of wrestling?
1: So well, growing up, I was a huge WWE fan, John Cena fan in particular. I liked. uh, Goldberg, too, Rey Mysterio, a couple others, but those are just off the top of my head. So, I was about six years old, and I have a twin brother, and we both decided, you know, let's let's go out and give it a shot. And, you know, we walked into practice and very soon realized it's not WWE. So, yeah. um, after that practice, we didn't go back. And uh, eventually, you know, growing up, me and Brody played a lot of sport. We played soccer and football. You know, we were good athletes. And uh, eventually... One of our buddies came. He was a wrestler, and we played football with him. And we would get in wrestling matches in my living room floor. My brother would mm-hmm. beat this kid. And, he, you know, he would always talk about He's like, no, I'm good. Like, I go to the state tournament stuff. And this is still PJWs back then. And uh, so Brody said, you know, I want to try wrestling out. And so I followed suit. And, you know, that kind of started it off. My brother was a killer right off the bat. He, you know, he was meddling at tournaments, t- first, second, third place. I kind of staggered back a little bit, but it didn't take too long for it to catch on. You yeah. know, it was it, it was in our blood. You could tell right away that we we were gonna be something special.
0: Did you aside from your brother, did did anyone else in your family wrestle?
1: No, uh, my dad was a basketball player, but it's funny he, he never he was a good basketball player too, but he never like he never really pushed me to play basketball because I never even gave it a shot that I can mm. remember. At so, uh, but once we started wrestling. Man, he loved it. His school didn't have wrestling growing up, and you know, for as for as fast and as hard as he fell for that this sport, if, if, he he was a wrestler. Man, if if they would oh, have school, he definitely would have been a wrestler.
0: That's awesome. Did you like wrestling right from the beginning, like as soon as you started it?
1: I I, I want to say yes, but um, I, I how I can remember looking back on it is like everyone at Brookville, we were, we were good. We had a, a really great team of youth guys coming up through so i got my butt kicked a lot Mm -hmm. and you know i can't imagine i thought that was very fun but then you know one day i can remember beating one of the better kids and then after that's whenever i started having fun and growing up one of the things that i don't think i did a very good job of is i was ultra competitive so like for me like every time i went in the room i was super serious unbelievably serious Mm -hmm. and wow that's really good I don't think I, I took enough time to, you know, stop and and smell the roses and, and and really enjoy it to the best of my ability. I really didn't start totally enjoying it until you know I was in college, which is probably yeah. strange for some people to hear. Yeah.
0: No, I mean it's it's tough. It's especially when you're losing. Like it's hard to like the sport, right? Yep. Um. Well, I mean, Mike. Uh, here's another question. Like how, even though your dad really, he wasn't a wrestler in high school or, or college or anything like that, how did you, were, were you primarily self-motivated? How did you, you know, continue trying to get better?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, like we've talked about before, um, one of my biggest things is, so in our gym, we have gym class, and there's names on our wrestling mat, so mm. you know, in our practice room, they have them put right into the mat, the, all the Brookville State champs, and, you know, for gym class, you see the banners in, in the gym let's say you know all the state champs in brookville history and so it was really easy for a young kid to see that kind of stuff and be like i'm next and you know i want to i want to get this done so for me and and i was listening to uh, pat santoro talk on a, on a flow podcast or flow radio or whatever it was on might have been the mm-hmm. band show but either way he was talking about that how, how the greats they all have to be self-motivated if you are yeah. self-motivated you won't you won't make it very far in in life you Whatever you decide to do, it has to be something you're passionate about and can motivate yourself.
0: Mm. When did you think you started to be self-motivated? Like how old were you?
1: I would have been 10 because it was my first year after I – I never placed at a tournament. And then I went to a tournament I took first. And from that day on, I was like (laughs) – it wasn't a very good tournament. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I don't don't think it was a novice tournament either because I did win some novice tournaments. But I can remember – I knew what a novice tournament was then. I yeah. wasn't, like, delusional. So – but this – for whatever reason, this, this you know, kind of crappy tournament just, like, made me turn a corner. I was like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. Know? I got the trophy, and the rest is really history. I I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I had to do, and I knew I had the people behind me to get it done. So it was just a matter of time.
0: Awesome. Did you train at any clubs growing up, or were you only at Brookville?
1: No. I, I – fl- like, I would wrestle – um like sometimes at team tournaments that Brookville didn't go to. So like I did Virginia beach a couple times with, with renegade force. Great people love them. You know, awesome. I went to a couple camps with them in the summer, but never like any uh, continuous training down there. Um, I went to all American camps in the summer, but not, not no continuous training down there. And uh, so growing up, I was just full tilt in Brookville throughout one, one. And then once middle school hit, I was just all in on Brookville. I didn't go to anywhere else. And, you know, it's it, Coach Klepper and, and, you know, the coach at Clarion, uh, Keith Ferrero, he was my coach at Brookville for a long time. So uh, I had everything I needed. I didn't need to go very, very far. Did you guys have practices all summer long? Yep. That's why he, mm-hmm. Coach Klepper and Coach Ferrero, they, they were the best, man. They, they had wife and kids, but, you know, they sacrificed a lot to, to, to get me to where I'm at. And they, not just me, they did it for everybody at Brookville and I think that's why the family there is so tight-knit, and it's something um, that, you know, a lot of people haven't experienced it, but it really is something special.
0: Mm, that's awesome. So, um, Brock, when was the first time, you know, you said you took first in a tournament, and then you really started to get better. When was the first time that you, you had a big accomplishment that you could look at and say, like, man, look what I just achieved?
1: Yeah, I had, so it was my second year of wrestling. I, I went to PJWs, and I took eighth at States, and... I'd have never did that. <laughs> it was I was so I was amped, and um, at the time, you know, younger kids they always ask like, "Hey man, how how many years you been wrestling?" And like yeah. I was ten, so at the time you hear some people say like five, six years, and I was like, "This, this is my second year." So people would kind of be like, "Wow, are you serious? That kid? Yeah. Just, you know, he's wrestled six years." So I knew that from you know talking to people that's, that that something special was going on with with me, and that I had a really high ceiling. And, you know, after that kind of happened, it was just, I wasn't going to be denied. And then, you know, the next year after that, I took second at PGWs and then third and second. And, uh, you know, I, I had success early on and um, it, it definitely uh, held true. You know, I kept it rolling. Mm.
0: And, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting because when I was uh, a kid, I remember I went to state tournament um, and didn't place the one year, the next year, I think I took fifth year after that didn't place. And I, I was 11. Um, and cause I would always, cause you know, in youth, you, you're at like, you're at the top of your weight or uh, your age group. And then you're at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, and yeah. so every time I was at the bottom, I'd get my butt kicked, but when I was on the top, yeah. I'd do okay. That's but th- I remember there was this one kid, um, I remember looking at him and it was his first year of wrestling and he took third at the state tournament <laughs> on a down year. And I was like,
1: Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> that's impressive. He must have been a freak athlete.
0: Freak athlete, that's
1: dude. Um, talent gets you like so far. Like the younger you are, the further talent gets you. So like even in yeah. high school, there's people that are just freak talents, you know, bad work you young. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, you know they have success, even win state championships. But then you know once they get into college, that's when they fall off. So the older you get, the further the hardworking people get to separate themselves. And I think it's just strictly because those people, you know, put the put the work in and you know it takes them longer to get that growth out of it so yeah it, just, it catches up with everybody
0: and it's kind of interesting about how like how much like weight is placed on the the PJW state tournament and like how you know <laughs> how crazy people get about it right yeah. and
1: um we're all there we all did it you can say yeah. what you want. we all did it. we all did it we were all
0: yeah. i mean it was it was the most important thing in my life uh-huh. when i was yep, you know same. 10 11 12 and uh It's just kind of funny because looking back on a lot, some of those kids really did, you know, they panned out and turned into really great wrestlers, but a lot of them just kind of dropped off. Yep. And I mean, a lot of
1: people, yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they get to the top, right. And it's kind of Mm -hmm. like the thing like, Hey, this is what I wanted to do. And like, for example, for me, um, you know, I, I wanted to be a state champ and PJWs, I never was a state champ. So I was still hungry. And then yeah. you know you get to varsity and it's and it's harder, but you still haven't accomplished what you wanted to, and that happens with each level. It gets significantly harder. You see it at college all the time. This guy's a state, you know, three-time, four-time state champ. He goes to college and sees like, well, you know, what this is. This is pretty stinking hard. Well, at yeah. least as a four-time state champ, I can I can be happy with that. And then you see them kind of sandbag and get mm. the college education, and that's kind of what I think is probably uh, a big part of it. Those people. You know, it gets it gets harder, and they and they 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 take the easy way out, unfortunately. And I hate to say that about people, but I, I've seen it happen.
0: Yeah. Talk about your 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 high school experience. Um, how you were you a state champion? I know as a senior, um, but what about before that?
1: Yeah. So before that, uh, people always love to say that A is you know so much harder than. It AA. is. It, it, it is. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. But uh, every single year. The number one kid at my weight was number one in the country. Every and single year? Every single year. Not, and that's double A. And mm. so uh, freshman year, I had some trouble. Know, I, I, you know, I didn't make weight at districts. It was yeah. – I moved past it, but it was just not okay. I, I was immature, and, you know, that's just basically the end of the story. What weight you wrestle? Uh, 119. And basically, it wasn't the wrong weight for me. The, the problem was is I was just an immature kid. And <laughs> – it was like something I, – I always worked hard in the wrestling room, but it was like something I didn't realize how important it was. And, it, mm. and that's hard for a young kid to realize how important it is to manage your weight when you're doing something like that. And so I was kind of a hippie about it and paid for it. But then – Would you have placed that year, you think? Oh, I got to think because I, I was undefeated. My only loss was to Mason Beckman, who I bumped up a weight to wrestle. No way. Yeah, he was also number one in the country. Him and what? I mentioned about it the other day. It's, dude, it's an awesome story. Uh, I I'll just tell it. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was a freshman at the time, and uh, I was wrestling 119, and we wrestled Reynolds, uh, the team Mason wrestled for at the duels, and I had been begging Coach all year long about bumping up to wrestle this guy. Coach Coach Clapper loves this story, and you know, looking back on it, I I don't know what it was that I just I wanted to mat the match so bad, and I think. The big thing was, is I had never wrestled a kid of that caliber. You yeah. know uh, he was number one in the country. He was going to Lehigh. He was a senior. He, senior. You know, he, he was the man. He's the guy. You know, everyone wanted to be like. And at the time, he was on such a hot streak. he had just won Ironman. He'd won the Mannheim tournament. I forget what that one was called, King of the Rock. He was he was crushing. Yeah. It. And you know, so I wanted a piece. I wanted to see where I was at. And I I, I can remember going in. And not having a single doubt in my mind that I was going to beat them too, <laughs> which it was like mm-hmm. – it's crazy to think about for a kid at the time. Mm-hmm. So the, what, what happens is we set the, the duel up to where um, Coach told well, – the deal was if – and I can't remember, but we thought we could beat them that year. But things panned out that the, the score was out of control, and we I was like the second to last match. And so Coach was like, hey, you, you want to wrestle him? And I'm like, heck yeah, I want to wrestle him. So we forfeit at 119 and we bumped me up. Oh, the, dude, the crowd went, they went berserk. They went nuts. It was like, it's the loud. I, well, Brookville was a beast team back when in, in the nineties when they won States. Mm-hmm. So outside of that in the 2000 era, that's the loudest that gym's ever been. I can say with hundred percent. Oh give. man. And it was, it was a super cool experience, but <laughs> the match didn't go my way. It was, what was nice is it kind of – it was ended up being, like, a tight score, like 5-1 or something. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't crush me, but, like, it was a very dominant college-style win where, like, he took me down right away, rode me for a period, took mm-hmm. me down again, rode me. probably had, like, six minutes or, or five minutes of riding time in a <laughs> match. But, um, yeah, it was an eye-opener, and like I said, the score was, like, semi-close, so it was, like – to me at the time, I was just telling myself, hey, you're four points away from the best – best and the best there is you know at yeah, to was, wait up right <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, oh, yeah and I was a young freshman too so um it was a really motivating thing I'm really happy it happened and um you know Mason and I have a really good relationship I think because of it too you That's know you awesome. learn a lot about a guy that does something like that mm-hmm. but yeah and then so that year unfortunately didn't pan out and then you know my sophomore year I took seventh I didn't I didn't have a great tournament you know that's the thing. It's hard for a young kid to be consistent. You know, yeah. I, I bumped up to thirty one thirty eight after that, and then you know I was thirty eight again. I took fourth, lost to Zane Rutherford in the semis, and uh, in my my senior year I took first. And I, you know, at the time I can remember thinking, uh, you know my my bracket like like was was very winnable. I didn't think that there was too many people that could really push me. But then you look back and. You know, Kent Lane was a state champ. He's who I wrestled in the finals. Uh, Wetzel is, is uh, I think he actually might have even got All American status for for Pitt this year. You know, he's a wrestler, state champ, and Labriola, young Labriola, was at that weight too. No so way. He, he was very young at the time, but uh, mm. yeah, he was in it. So there's a lot of studs at the weight.
0: Do you, I have a question? So do you feel like, do you do you look at other wrestlers around you, your peers and stuff at your weight class? Do you look at them as being like, you know? incredibly high level wrestlers or do you look at them relative to you as either being you know a tough match maybe a little bit better or just worse than you
1: honestly i i and i try to do this uh i try to stop doing this but it's so hard you, you mm-hmm. know, people can say what they want you're always comparing yourself to other people and yeah. it's, it's one of the worst possible things that you can do because you put doubt in your mind you start questioning things and so, but I did it. I've done it for a long time, and I still do it today. I, you know, I can say whatever I want and be as cocky as I want about it, but <laughs> I do do it. And um, but the thing that that's good for me is I realize how uh, negative that is to do. And you know, my peers, I, I look at them as challenges, And not even challenges. Better word for it is opportunities. So yeah, you know, like when I start attacking this Olympic scene, you know, when I get up against Jordan Oliver, Yanni D, Zane again, and they're they're not even challenges, they're opportunities for me. And, and when you think of it like that, it's something that you should be excited about, not something yeah. that you start to worry about. Well, what's what happens if this happens, this happens? No, you don't think like that when you think of it as an opportunity. Mm. And it's something to attack, something to take from the other guy. And that mindset, it's super powerful. Because like I said, everyone does it. Everyone compares themselves to each other.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 I'm especially just because of you know, the, the huge role that social media plays in mm. a lot of these kids lives, you know, or, and you can just go on the internet and you can look up any bracket from any tournament you've ever, you can ever want to see, right. Yep. There's rankings that come out every single week. And if you want, you can waste all your time looking at who's going to wrestle who. And if you might wrestle him, you can research him and, you know, yep. and I know that for me specifically, I can't say this for all, cause I know Sam Herring, my co-host. He, he likes to, to know who he's going to wrestle. He likes to have a game plan formulated. Yeah. I know that for me specifically, I wrestle my best when I don't know who I'm going to wrestle. I don't yeah. know who's across the map for me. Right. And, you know, focusing on myself instead of on what the other guy is going to do.
1: Yeah, that's what. Um. So when I coach, my whole philosophy is you, you, the wrestler should not be focused on winning or losing. And you hear people right. say it all the time where I want to be the best version of myself, but that's a very a lazy approach to to say that what you really mm-hmm. need to do is every time you step on the mat you need to give yourself the best chance to win that you can and yeah. so when you start thinking like that you it allows you to make the best opportunity every second of the match whereas like you know some people for example i did this my whole career i would get a takedown easy so easy like uh whenever i was wrestling ironman i took him down the first time with with a ver- an awesome double uh you know no weird scrambles or anything and I thought literally in my head, you know, that was, that was super easy. I can take him down again. I'm going to mm-hmm. relax for a second. And then two seconds later, guess what? I was pinned in, in the quarterfinals of NCAA tournament and uh, dropped down and had Kevin Jack in the blood round. So, you know, that changed my, my whole career. Yeah. And that line of thinking is so bad. And you need to be thinking of, of what gives me the best chance to win that match. In that specific situation, I got an easy takedown, what I thought put the hammer down you know put the pedal to the floor and start lighting yeah. this guy up and then you know if i take him down you know to th- that that pin doesn't happen if i put the put the pedal to the floor you know maybe he even takes me down a couple times you know maybe i lose the match because i put the pedal to the floor but looking back on it that's what would have gave me the best chance to win and that's what yeah. whenever i teach us a little bit of a tangent that's the concept behind everything and you got to give yourself a system something to rely on and do what gives you the best chance to win the match not have anything to do with what the other guy's doing? It's it's yeah. it's obviously good to be conscious of their threats and stuff, but when you have a, a, a an elite system and when you watch the best guys, they are very very uh, few occasions where they're they're reacting to the other guy, right? Yeah. And, and when they are, it's, it's something not very good's becoming of it.
0: Listen to this. So I so I read the um I read Dan Gable's book not that long ago, and he's one of the last thoughts he says that he had in his mind before he went out to wrestle Larry Owens, mm-hmm. who was the guy who snapped his, you know, nearly on yeah. a feet of streak. One of the last thoughts he had was watch out for his cradle, you know, and he he writes about it and he says, I had never, ever once cared about whatever the other guy was going to do. It did not matter to me. So yep. he, and, you know, he said that because he had that watch out for his cradle because he started thinking about the other guy. You know, yeah. it just started putting these kind of doubts into his mind. And that mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, it, it goes to show he ultimately lost the match. Yep. Because he focused, wasn't focused on himself and, and what he could do.
1: Yep. To put it simply, man, wrestling's all about you staying comfortable and you making your opponent uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. When you, If you stay comfortable the whole time, you're jogging while he's sprinting. So if you can do that, then uh, you're going to, you, how can you lose, really, besides getting yeah. stuck? And, and, you know, that stuff happens, but, you know, you can't. You can't be afraid of that, right? And so when you think about it like that, and I think that's the right way to think about it, you don't want to be reacting to the other guy. You need to be doing what what works for you. That's yeah. what gives you the best chance to win matches.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, I I completely agree with you. Um. Okay. So I have a, you know, so you you had a really good high school career. Um. But you know, I also in my research, I mean, you were a nats champ. I'm pretty sure you um you know, you made the the junior world team finals. When did you start transitioning to freestyle? Um,
1: well, it would have been my senior year that summer. I took Fargo very seriously. Uh, my, I, had a, I had a killer senior year. I, I was in the finals at super 32, got smashed by Nolf, unfortunately. But, uh, and then, and like you said, I won States, I, uh, won flow nationals and, you know, that summer, I, I still wasn't ranked first in the country, and that was something I really wanted to do. Mm. And so I, I saw Flo, or Fargo as a chance to do that. And so that's when me and Deloya kind of sat down with each other and just, you know, what do we need to do to get this done? So he came out to Fargo with me. We, we were so close, man. I, I was in the finals. I beat some really good guys, people that were ranked ahead of me. Mm. And then, you know, actually, Seth Gross was even at that way. He was in the semis on the other side. And he lost, and I had a kid named, uh, oh, I can't, well, I'm drawing a blank right now. I got revenge, so it doesn't hurt me as much anymore. Mm. But, uh, Finley, Matt Finley. And it, it, it was a crazy match. I, I get out to a, a big, early, big time lead, and, uh, he's, he, he comes, he was a beast, dude. <laughs> he, he earned that title, man. And he came back. He actually ended up teching me. I was up by like eight or nine points, and he came back and teched me. Oh. It was really impressive. Yeah. I, I broke the wheels fell off and you know hats off to him, uh, he's a really tough competitor.
0: Was he, is he an All-American? Did, does he wrestle for Utah Valley?
1: Yeah, he was. He, I don't think he All-American, man. He he has had a rough go at it. Uh, he he's been battling a lot of injuries, but uh, he, yeah, he's that, definitely the caliber of guy that could All-American. But I just yeah. pulled up his
0: wrestle stat and it's like, yeah, it's a lot of injuries.
1: Yeah, he yeah, he's had. A he rough didn't go. He didn't
0: even wrestle this season.
1: That's why I um, yeah, I didn't think he did. But yes, he went to like. I realized, like, what I realized then is, like, fr- freestyle, folks out kind of takes a lot away of what I'm r- really good at. And mm-hmm. folks style or freestyle, like, makes it really good. Like, I, I get, I can get the guy's legs so easily. I'm so fast and so explosive. I can shoot and not have to worry about getting thrown around because of my head's always up. And so I can get these one pointer. A lot of what Jordan Burroughs does is what makes me,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: so, so lethal on my feet. And, that's when I really just started to appreciate freestyle, and then um, after I had that success, I wanted a world title bad in 2015, and it was my last year for a junior. So I made a big cut down, you know, won the tournament, and you know that's when the whole Joey McKenna drama went down, and mm. uh, it was it was super unfortunate. And a lot of people uh, they they give me flack. They're like, "Well, you should have just made him make," you know, because I I I fought for. an allowance for our our challenge tournament and i was cutting an unbelievable amount of weight it was was really hard on me i did it right you know i Mm shot my body down i was walking around at like 36 and then you know i never used like anything negative and no plastics no sauna no nothing i i I did it right and but it doesn't mean it was easy and Mm -hmm. so i fought for that people said well you should have made because he never had made the weight ever he, he wrestled uh, 65 seniors during that tournament. And and I just always tell them, people, I'm like, dude, I, I thought I was the baddest dude on the planet. <laughs> you know, I, like, that's the thing about wrestlers. We're all alpha males. I, it yeah. wasn't about conquering Joey McKenna at that point. It was about, okay, I'm taking this guy out and then I'm taking out the rest of the world. So, yeah. like, that never even crossed my mind. I was not worried about Joey McKenna. Obviously, I was, you know, ready for the match and respected him, but. That's not what it was about. You know, no. I didn't want any easy way out. So I was trying to win a world title, dude. I, there's no easy way to do it. So, yep. uh, you know, that's the only kind of negative flack because, you know, obviously he went on and didn't make weight at the tournament. So, pe- the, you know, people like to talk about that. Uh, but, you know, I, looking back, I was very mad at a long, for a long time. And even today, you know, I'll, I'll never say I, li- I like the kid. But <laughs> um, you got to think he wanted a world title more than anything and you know he there's no way he did that on purpose so right
0: right well i mean you know you got to make the weight you got to make the way to wrestle so that's true that's part of the deal Um, that's part of the deal all right so you know you had you had a lot of success especially in your senior year of high school now talk about your your transition to college wrestling why did you decide on clarion
1: just because throughout the process well one thing is I committed before my senior year. So like mm. my, my cr- killer senior year, uh, you know, that w- that didn't even happen. The best I had on my resume at that point was I actually had a good flow nationals tournament the year before I took third at a, at a pretty tough weight. And so I was getting recruited, but not by any of the, like, the big time schools. And through the process, I kind of realized like you just don't get the – like there's, there's there's salesmen, right? Every college coach is running a business. And yeah. through that, I realized like what they're saying is they're not lying to you, but what you need to realize is not everything they're saying is true. And so the longer I got through the process, the more I realized how I needed someone on my side, like someone I could trust through this process and someone that I could rely on. He's not going to find someone, the next best guy if, if I don't have success right away. That's just so important. And I had that guy in Keith Rowe, you know, he's a guy that's coached me since I was 10. So when he got that job there whenever I was in I was in ninth grade, uh the summer of my ninth grade year, he got the job there. I, I mean, I pretty much knew I was going there. So eventually I just got sick of the process and I got I didn't want to really waste anyone else's time. I mm. just sat down with them and said, you know, this is what I wanna do, this is where I wanna be, let's get it done. Man, that's awesome. And I know it's
0: not that easy for a lot of people. A lot of people get like yeah. caught up in the in the whole recruiting process.
1: I think um, the, the one I got some advice that really helped. I think social media again makes such a negative impact on people. Mm-hmm. They they want they don't want to go to the, to the small school when they could have went to the big school because they they're afraid of what other people would think. And the, mm-hmm. but then you always see that those people they just aren't happy there. It wasn't the right fit for them. You know yeah. while while they were experienced clearing and they see the coaching staff and the guys and they and they say, wow, you know those are some great dudes. Like I love the atmosphere there and you know they end up picking the other school that's you know the big 10 or whatever then you know they fall off they don't have any success or you know see them get beat up and all that stuff and that's where i just think you need to follow your gut someone told me that you know you'll just when you get to the place you're supposed to be you'll get that sign like someone you'll have that feeling this is the place for me and Mm-hmm. when you get that feeling man you you got to act on it because that's fate that's fate talking to you so yeah
0: and you know i'll use him as an example because he's my he's my dude but like chance marsteller went to oklahoma state yeah, and perfect perfect it didn't example. didn't fit in at all right and he he had a really rough first year there and then you know a couple years later he's at lockhaven much smaller school you know considered you know a, a different tier than oklahoma state by a lot of people but look what he did yeah, all, all American, right? Yep. Uh, you know, That's right a good example it, too,
1: of man. He was he was the right there. Yep, he's, he's an right awesome, there. dude. So I mean,
0: but what what would you say the biggest difference from high school wrestling to college wrestling is? What what was the biggest transition for you to make?
1: For me, it's a te- uh, Brookville does a great job of teaching technique. So technique was never the issue mm-hmm. with me. The issue was, dude everybody that grabs a hold of you at this level is a man like the, <laughs> they have years in, in the college weight room and the second one of them dudes grabs a hold of you you can tell like the, like they're for real there's no there's no easy way out now every point yeah. you get is you got to earn and so uh to me that was the biggest thing but even that you know speaking to the younger guys that might be worried about it, or maybe even going through it you know that's it you just you keep throwing yourself in the fire in a couple of weeks, maybe in a couple of months, that you you become that guy, you become that man too. You yeah. you know spend that time in the weight room, and you'll never notice it. So then you can start tailoring, like fixing your techniques, seeing where you're breaking down, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff.
0: It's kind of interesting because so, you know, all throughout my my youth, whenever whenever, uh, uh you know the Penn State guys because that's who I would watch the most because I recalls in my backyard, I would go and I'd watch. You know they'd have close matches, mm-hmm. like three point matches, two point matches. Yep. And I never really thought anything of it. All I knew was like, oh, he's getting he, blue guys getting his hand raised. I should be happy. yeah, um and you know, now i'm I'm in high school, and like knowing like you know, people have three point matches, like, wow, that like it's really close. Mm-hmm. you know, it's really contested bout if it's if it's one or two points, for the most part, like, you know, you're right right in there to win it. Um, and so, like, really realizing, like, man, this is actually, like, in college, even the guys who are really low on the totem pole, you could say, like, really oh, yeah. incredibly tough guys. Like, and, and no one's, nobody's going to roll over for you. Yep. Um, and I That's... mean, I haven't experienced that yet. And I'm still a sophomore. Um, oh, you but will. I will. <laughs> will. <laughs> I, I'm will. fully
1: expecting it. That's, oh, that's the thing. Everyone's elite there. You know, everybody who was a state champ, multiple times state champ. Yeah. And, you know, like, even the, the best of the best are never out of the water, man. Like, look at the year Jason Nolf was having. And then he has that tight mm-hmm. match with uh, with Hayden. And yeah. look at Bo Nickel. Back when he was on that tear, he had a really tight match with the the Rutgers kid. Garvina, I think his name. Yeah. And so, yeah, Garvina. You know, you have one-off day, man. They're right there. And that's why... A lot of people just don't realize how special some of these guys were that were able to do the things that they did. So mm-hmm. it's, and I mean, it's definitely it's, another level. It's
0: difficult to, like, put into perspective because, you know, there's always this attention on the top guys, right? And they're like, look how incredible they are. They're dismantling these people. Yeah. But it doesn't really put it in perspective for how good the guys they're actually like, yeah, dismantling. Yeah. Like, like, Bo Nickel pins Sammy Brooks and a splatle makes it look like <laughs> the easiest thing ever. Yeah. Sammy Brooks, like if you don't know who that is, you probably don't think Sammy Brooks is that good. But oh my gosh, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Sammy Brooks is an, an incredible, incredible wrestler. And so, you know, especially for, you know, I can speak because I'm a kid, especially looking up, it's very hard to put into perspective just how good everybody is at the Division one level. Yep. You know,
1: and they're there also, for a reason. The one thing that's really hard for people to see is those guys are so tight but they're also so lethal. So, like, the same kid can go out and lose, you know, he can get majored 12, yeah. 12-2, 12-3, whatever. He can win the next week. It can yeah. happen at this, at this level. Because when you make some minor adjustments or you just, instead of becoming the guy, you were the guy reacting the first time you become the guy calling the shots the next match, the, yeah. t- the table's totally turned. And when you realize that, you get to kind of, tell yourself you know you you, you learn to that the losses don't matter right now it's all about mm-hmm. learning from them figuring out how can mm-hmm. I be the guy calling the shots next time mm-hmm. we compete and you know just learning how to adapt and how to make your style work and get to your best positions and stay there on on anybody well you know
0: so moving on Brock congratulations all-american man um That's right dude how does it feel what's it like
1: It's amazing, man. And I've said it before. And on my little flow piece that they did, I had to make peace with the fact that it was probably not going to happen. And, uh, you know, because it was all about just and I'm glad it did, because it makes you realize really what this was all about. And, you know, the things I was able to accomplish, uh, the man I turned into, they just really show you how great of a situation and, you know, the people behind me, they really are. And it mm-hmm. makes all their sacrifices worth it. And it just shows you how special a place Claren really is that to just take this, this kid from Brookville, you know, that had some success in high school and make him an, an NCL American is that's unbelievable. I never left mm-hmm. here my whole life. And so it, it's a great feeling. And I think the one thing I do want to address is I think some people might even put an asterisk by this, but here's what here's what my my thought process on all that. And clearly, You know, I'm biased, but after hearing this, I think, I don't know how you could argue with me. Mm -hmm. So, an an All-American, you got to think, like, what that means. And In normal years, it means you place top eight at the NCAA tournament. None of us asked for this. You know, no one asked for this tournament to be canceled. No one asked to be handed anything. But but we didn't have that opportunity. And so, when you don't have that opportunity, you need to look deeper and say, you know, well, what does an All-American represent? And they represent a couple of things. Uh... Most importantly, they represent, you know, a caliber of wrestler that's able to consistently beat the top, top guys in the country. And, you know, how they kind of decided the guys at each weight, I'm not totally positive, but everybody on that list exemplified that. Yep. And, you know, digging deeper, they represent somebody that works incredibly hard, loves the sport, you know, never takes a day off, and is just something, someone that's really special. And every like I said, every single person on that list you know, that, they fit that mold, and that's why I think everybody on this list uh, deserves to be an All-American, and I think that they should be bragging about it like crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, that's awesome. Here's a, here's a difficult question. Um, does it – you know, how did you cope with – so you're a three-time NCAA qualifier, correct? Mm-hmm. How did you cope with not well, physically – Well, four I guess. Well, four. Yeah. Um how did you cope with not actually getting a chance to to stand on that podium your senior year? You know, right there. You know, and no, nobody doubted that you were, you know, in the in the mix for a title. Yeah. Was how how difficult was it for you to not get the chance to wrestle in that tournament and to prove to everyone else that you can be a national champ?
1: It was tough, and that's why you know I'm not gonna lie to anybody. People have been telling me. You know, you, you handled this extremely well. You know, the next day I was on flow, given a, a, my perspective on everything. But mm. well, it wasn't like that initially. I was crushed uh, worse than I, anyone. I can almost guarantee you that I was crushed more than anyone. I went immediately home, sat down, and just started bawling. And, you know, my dog started attacking me. It, it, I didn't move. I didn't move for an hour. But then, you know, I picked up my phone, and I had all these messages from people. And, you know, a lot of people I didn't even know. And they were people from Brookville, Clarion, saying all these great things. And, you know, one specifically, this guy named Rick Mays messaged me saying, you know, basically he told me a story of, of how Coach Klepfer thought of me and talked about me growing up and going through the program and saying, you know, all these great things and how he hopes his kids can be like me. And you, when you read something like that, mm-hmm. you, you realize what it's all about. You know, it's, a, it's about inspiring the younger generation. It's about showing the world how great of people are behind you. And, and I did all those things, you know. N- no one will ever question that. And so to have those people be proud of me is, you know, my mom, my coaches, the people of these two cities, you know, in Brookville and Clarion, so I ever wanted. So, that, you know, once I was able to realize that, I, I, was, I was pretty happy. And I was proud, too, of what I was able to do.
0: Mm-hmm. That's incredible, man. Like, what a what a well developed perspective just to, you know, put it, you know, really to, to. Look at the the whole situation and and you know try to take good out of it because, you know, especially with, the coronavirus and the nature of it is like people are scared, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and fear, you know, it's just because we don't we didn't really know what we're up against and so yeah. people are reacting in the worst way possible, which is they're freaking out and everything's getting canceled and there's so much negativity. Just detracting from from our quality of life, right? Uh-huh, when you're yeah. when you're spending time just, you know, browsing Twitter and all it is is people complaining and being sad and there's so much bad stuff going on, like it is so easy to fall into like um, a victimized mindset. Yeah, it's it.
1: horrible. It's horrible. And that's it's the really thing tough. Is, like, you, you that that can't happen at Brookfield Clarion, man. We don't allow it. It's it's like something. Everybody in, the, in these places are bringing each other up. And I realize, unfortunately, that's not everywhere. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I don't take that for granted. and That's why I like to scream at the top of my lungs how great these two places are. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really special. Um, okay, here, I have a question about, you know, the, the flow film. So, well, first, you know, you were on the, the day after, you know, all this went down. How did you get in contact with Bader? How did they reach out to you?
1: Well, I, dude, I was going nuts, like you know what I'm saying. I, mm-hmm. I I was so upset, and immediately I just started. I was desperate, dude. I was looking for answers. I was like, "Hey, do you guys think we're gonna get any eligibility?" And you know, CP was—he's the man. He he always respects me. He he really is just—he's a genuine guy. And I hate when I see people talk bad about him or anything because he really is—he's a genuine guy. He had no reason to respond to me, he, and he didn't even have answers. But you know, he he gave me you know, he's like, I-, I don't know anything either. I know as much as you, but if I know anything, you know, I'll let you know. Yeah. And so that next morning I get to meet him and he's like, Hey, do you want to come on? And cause I think he could tell, you know, I was hurting pretty good. Mm. And, um, so I thought, you know, they thought it would be interesting to have me on. And I said, absolutely. And that's, that's cause I knew at that point, you know, I could help people. I knew that there was people that were going to be struggling and, you know, so that was the whole goal with everything was just we were trying to help everyone out, and I think we did that. I think we did a good job. They did a great job. Yeah,
0: they did. So then, did you know that you were gonna have such like a a star role in their in their film?
1: No clue. I, I had I did not see that coming, and mm. um, it was a it was like a week or two before uh David Bray messaged me and said that they were putting this together, and they were like he just said he wanted to let me know you know, that it's coming along good and that, you know, he thinks that the message that we were going to put out was something really special. And so then I got, I got super excited. You know, I I had a bunch of people over here and we watched it. Not a bunch, obviously. There was like three, (laughs) my my fiance and and one of the coaches here. So we were, we we followed the rules, but um yeah, I, I think, what they did was something really special because it's easy for wrestlers to to look tough on, on the outside, Mm -hmm. but, and it's a a lot of people are saying that they feel, um, good about this and they've made peace with it, but there's still going to be a lot of people out there that need that help. And I think this, this, this documentary will definitely help them. And, um, I can see something of this nature happening at some point again in the future. Um, it's not inevitable, And when it does, you know, these, these poor people, they'll have something to to look on and kind of give them a little bit of perspective.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Man. What, how did you feel the whole film turned out? Um, Amazing. I I loved what they did. I'm glad that they even thought to do it. You know, those, these guys have a million things going on, you know, (laughs) and and people hammer them. They're, they're always blaming them yelling at them for not doing this or they should do this and not this and you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. But like, you know they thought of that, and they're always trying to, to do good by the wrestling community, and it just stinks to see people so hard on them. So, um, the fact that they were even to think of this and then put this together so fast and do such a great job doing it, just you know, tip of the cat to them. They 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 really deserve it.
0: No, the guys at Flow really they really do a great job. They re- you can tell that they put it uh, so much of their lives and their their energy into producing, not just content but high quality. content content for for wrestling fans of all ages all skill levels you know all interest levels yeah and it, you know I, we don't really talk about this a whole lot but the reason sam and i started a podcast is because we were inspired by flow yeah we were inspired by how they were doing it and we admired them for being able to be so passionate about this awesome sport and um i mean like without them i wouldn't be here i wouldn't yep. be doing this <laughs> yeah that's, and that's right. what it's
1: all about and And you're helping people, dude, like people watch this and get inspired just like you did. And you know, having people on like me and all the other people you have, you know they everyone has something good to say. and when you mm. can get some have a beacon of light and you can beam out some great great insight and and knowledge, dude, it's it's makes it's a ripple effect and it can make a really big impact. and you know you'll never even know it, probably, but you're doing it every time you do one of these
0: and, and dude, if I can just reach a fraction of the amount of people that that flow reaches, then I'm going to be very grateful because, you know, I from the bottom of my heart, I really enjoy doing this. I love the sport of wrestling more than anything. I love yeah. interacting with it in any way I can, and, um, you know, just being able to talk to wrestlers and learn from their mindset, and, you know, it's just very special. And if and if people can listen to this, and to, even in 15 years, because this stuff's going to be on the internet, oh yeah, right? even if they're not even listening to it today. They listen to this in 15 years, and they can take one little grain, or one little morsel of, uh, of, of truth and value, and they can apply it to their lives. And I, you know, I consider this a huge success. Yep, 100%. And it's pretty, it's pretty awesome that I have the capabilities to sit in my my living room and, you know, interview an all-American and, and have people listen to this. It's mm-hmm. it's a very special age we're living in. So, I mean, you know, we're coming to the close of this interview. It's been about 45 minutes. But, um, you know, Brock, what's something we don't know about you? What kind of hobbies do you pursue outside of wrestling?
1: Oh, boy, do I got one for you. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> so I am a diehard Magic the Gathering fanatic.
0: Nice. And, and,
1: and I don't know. Do you know what that is?
0: Yeah, I know what that is. Oh, I don't. Yeah, so, I I play Pokemon.
1: I don't play oh, magic, see, yeah, but I do.
0: I do play the card games.
1: Magic's so. way better, but don't, oh. <laughs> you know, I to not well in on that. But,
0: oh, yeah, man. so I
1: started playing magic my freshman year of college. Crazy. I know. Weird time to get into something mm-hmm. like that. But dude, I got so deep into this. I spent not hundreds, thousands of dollars on these cards, and I would go <sighs> to, to all these tournaments. And, and I, I, dude, I'm I'm mediocre at best. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's this complete passion driving me to go to these things. My brother is actually my brother's very competitive. he 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 basically, if he enters a tournament, he wins it, and he doesn't even need to have the best cards or deck or whatever. He, he's just always crushing it. And uh, so that's like basically, especially during wrestling season, I'm wrestling or playing magic or school, I guess. But uh, you know that's that's something that I don't think very many people know about me. People that know me real well know how big of a fan I am, but dude, it's it's I love it.
0: That's awesome, man! Like, I mean, people don't know that I only my teammates really. <laughs> they don't know I play Pokemon.
1: A lot yeah, of people. basically know. just my teammates now. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it was I mean it was funny. So I ch- I changed schools this past year and I went from state college to Belfont and didn't know almost anybody on the team. You know, I mean, like, we're in the same county, we're in the same, like, district and whatever. And yeah. so you, like, know the kids, but you don't, like, know them, know them. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, the first tournament, I brought my Nintendo Switch, and I was playing, um, I was probably playing Zelda or something. And I, I was just sitting in the stands, completely chilled out, just playing my Switch. And the kids on the team thought I was very weird. They're like, why <laughs> why is he doing this? <laughs> So well, listen, man, like, and then, you know, I, I started having a little bit of success and the kids started to get to know me. And then it was, like, just part of who I was. Like, yep. oh, dude, yeah, he just brings his switch to all the tournaments and, you know, instead of lo- watching wrestling. Because I, I, like, if I, like, watch wrestling during a tournament, like, my energy level goes up. Yeah, and I get
1: zapped. It takes Yeah,
0: a I get zapped. So I, all I do is I go sit behind the bleachers. I go sit in the hallway, put in my <laughs> headphones, just play some Pokemon. I love know? it.
1: That's smart, too. It really is. Because that's why, dude, end of tournaments, people are freaking zonk. They're, they're tired. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with matches. It's just being aware all day.
0: Yeah. Being emotionally into it, it's, dude, exhausts you. And that's what's cool about wrestling is because even though, you know, we're all wrestlers, right? And we all can appreciate the sport, you know. Yeah it's still just a just a, a fraction of who we are as a person and our personality and what drives us and what motivates us what entertains us because we're all different we're all human beings 100%. it's and uh, you know spencer lee likes pokemon i like pokemon you like magic the gathering and like that's stuff that can't be conveyed to you through a wrestling match or on tv you can't you can't get that from somebody unless you can actually talk to them and and learn from them and, you know if i can i like i just like learning about you guys i like learning about top wrestlers i like you know getting it's not as much about learning about you as a wrestler but more about learning who you are as a person mm-hmm. um that's what i kind of look forward to in interviews yeah you know how how can i not only make it so i learn about them but so that the people who listen to this podcast get to see a side of you that they can't they can't see on the wrestling mat
1: yeah so. that's like Everyone, we talk about wrestling. All, every wrestler talks about wrestling religiously. You know? Yep. And we love it. But you really want to get to know someone and really, you know, make them happy. Talk about their hobbies. They'll talk your ear off. <laughs> Something that's, that's kind of a little bit secret, right? They don't get to talk about it all the time. So when they get to start blabbering on about it, man, you'll have a friend for life.
0: Dude, dude, for real. So, okay. La- last real question. You know, what kind of long-term goals do you have? for not only your wrestling career but for your entire life what what do you want to do real simple
1: i want to win a world title and then after i win a world title i want to make clarion wrestling a better place i want to be a good husband and i want to be a good father and that's it
0: that's awesome do you plan to stay around the sport um forever you know i really
1: i want to just coach a clarion till the day i die and you know I, i i don't really know exactly what's going on with that but um You know, I think I got to think. At some point, I'll be able to crack my way into the Clarion (laughs) coaching staff. So uh, I'm willing to wait it out, however long it takes. Awesome. Uh, So uh, hopefully that pans out. And if it doesn't, you know, I have a uh, great—I have my master's in business administration from Mm. Clarion here, and there's a lot of great connections at Clarion. That you know, if I need to go make a million dollars, I'll go (laughs) make a million dollars. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. Um. Okay. So Brock. You know, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has been a blast. It's been really fantastic. My last, last thing for you is is there just any other thoughts you would like to leave our listeners with? Just something that they can take away from this, this whole long interview?
1: Be kind, work hard. If you do those two things, you won't have many, many worries in life. There'll be a lot of people on your side.
0: Mm, making it simple, Brock.
1: <laughs> making it simple. All right. Hey, man, I, I,
0: Cannot tell you how much I appreciate you having having you on. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get you back on again sometime. We can talk more wrestling. And, for um, sure. Anytime, dude,
1: dude. Love it. Awesome,
0: awesome. All right. Thank you guys for listening. What's up, wrestling fans? If you're looking for a visual accompany to our podcast, please be sure to check out the awesome photos at com. Tony Rotondo is the photographer behind these photos, and he's a great friend of ours. His photos are amazing. Go see her for yourself at wrestlersarewarriors.com. Thanks again, guys.